one of the market visits I've attended, I think 10 years ago. Mm. We walked in the room, like the detective room behind the glass, and we have different consumers. And then uh, it was my first market visit. The first question, what is top of mind as a brand for a product X or Y, I, Z? And then I was so surprised that the products they are mentioning, the brands they are mentioning, they have never promoted, they never did any activity in the market. And then I asked my marketeer uh, colleagues, why they keep speaking about brands they never been active in the last five, six years? And the answer they said, because of the brand power, the brand key, and they are inescapable brands, mm. not to be forgotten. So today we have the guru of the brands, or the guru of the inescapable brands. Welcome to the Shwagi. Thank you, Harry. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Happy to be here. Okay. So we used to introduce the guest through the purpose, which is much more deeper. So let me ask you the first question. What is your purpose in life? Wow. So that's a very deep question to, uh, to start with. Um, I've always been interested in people, uh, in, in human behavior. I think humans are uh, such a fascinating creature. And the more you kind of unpeel the layers, the complexity, you see more beauty and joy. And that's probably what got me into marketing. To be a good marketeer, you have to be interested in people. And that's probably what, what got me today into coaching because to coach, you also have to be very much interested in people. Um, I read a book a long time ago. It was called The Art of Possibility by a couple named Zandar. And in that book, there was this concept that people and humans under pressure, they kind of see life from the lens of limitation, the lens of scarcity. They don't see life from the lens of possibility. And, and that, that idea just stayed with me. And it's something that I've tried to live with throughout my career, in the businesses that I've run, the people that I interact with, with my friends. And that's why my purpose is, how can I help people see life from the lens of possibility? I call it the theater of possibility. Because once you see life from that lens of possibility, then opportunities arise. Then your capacity is unleashed. And that's what I love about this concept. Okay. Um, people sometimes, the they are very supportive and at the same time they became disappointing uh-huh. having your purpose around helping people or people to see the lens of possibility from their limitation as we speak now uh-huh. it requires uh, a motive to keep it flowering because not all of the people you invest the same effort and you get the same result yeah. sometimes you get fascinating results and sometimes you got disappointed at the, at the end of the day yeah. how you keep your purpose alive and flowering every day, giving the challenges, especially dealing with people, because people behave unexpected. Yeah. The reward has to be an inner reward, Rada. Um, hmm. You can't control how people react around you. You can only control what you do. And, and in this concept, if I can do something or touch people in a certain way or in my interactions, uh, it gives me reward, it gives me fulfillment. And if you achieve that, and then hopefully it has an impact on the people around you, and that's an extra plus. Mm. But I think you have to find that inner reward, not just wait for the reaction that you get from people around you. Okay. Um, just being as a human being, have you ever got disappointed and you deviated from your purpose? Um, 
I think myself, I probably under pressure in certain circumstances, I'd probably be looking at life from the lens of scarcity or I mean, like all people. Uh, but it's how you bring yourself back to center and count your blessings and, and give yourself a bit of a motivation. I think that's where um, when people can find that, then they can rise above some of these uh, challenges and, and find that possibility in what they do. Um, so yeah, we're all human in the end. Okay, okay. So speaking about the finding your center and going to our main subject today, inescapable brands. Yeah. Uh, maybe people... Inescapable brands. Exactly. Maybe people, they know the brands in general, they know that a specific uh, giant uh, mobile phone brand and other brands everywhere. And they know the brands is, uh, has its own position. But when you speak about inescapable brands, yeah. can you define that? What's the definition An of that? inescapable brand, such a beautiful t- term. Um, okay, let's think. You wake up every day. Mm. First thing you do is you, you probably go to the bathroom. And then in that bathroom, you would be interacting with probably tens of brands. In that first moment of your day, there are brands that you'll be using out of convenience. And they're just there. Maybe your wife bought them and you'll be using that brand. And then there are brands that if you don't find, you probably feel a bit uncomfortable. And you might use the substitute, but you feel uncomfortable. And there are brands where you'll say, no, 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 no. I'm going to go search in the cupboard, wherever you put the, the stuff. And you go and search. And there are brands where probably you're going to step out of the bathroom and shout and say, Haifa, where's that toothpaste that I like? Or where's that shower gel that I like? That is what you want to achieve as a brand custodian. It's that moment. If you manage to get people out of the bathroom shouting and saying, where's my brand? That means there's a certain bond and affinity with the brand that you interact with. And that's what every brand owner, every brand custodian wants to achieve. That brand love, that brand relationship. Okay. I'll skip my next question. But how we can reach this destination uh, to, to, to make the brand inescapable, as, as you explained now? I think it's like a, it's like a plant, uh, Rada. It's, you, you, you nurture brands. Hmm. You, you have to... Um, you have to treat them well. If you, if you water brands too much, you spoil them. If you deprive them from water, you, you kill them. But, but all these brands have to start from somewhere. And, and in my mind, I've learned this a, a, long, a long time ago, is that um, brands that are built on a true human insight are brands that are probably more likely to succeed than brands that are built in a boardroom or from an idea that, that somebody just loves. Um, the more it is something that comes from people, the more it comes from addressing an issue or having a point of view, the more that brand love and connection becomes true and authentic. Okay. So it does take a bit of effort. It, it's, it, it, it's very clear. As you said, same as the plant. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of time to yeah. evolve as well. Yeah. Do you believe in a skippable brand to be in a skippable brand over a short period of time? No, I think I think if you look around us, the brands that have managed to withstand the test of time, hmm. they're brands that have been kind of nurtured and treated well and 
and have evolved and just grown with time. Um, there's a lot of brands that come out, they're like fads, and you see them, and then two years later, they're not there anymore. And, and probably they were not built on a true, real insight. Probably they were not treated in the right way. Um, okay. Uh, I have confession for you. Yes. Uh, I think I said that uh, one of our uh, guests as well, where I said supply chain, they love to build the best citadel in terms of factory, uh, regardless of the financial impact business objective, uh, as you know. Yeah, they yeah. love their machine, yeah. they love their warehouse. With the same concept, I speak about the marketeer. Yes. They love their campaign, they love their consumer inside, they want to spend all the money mm. behind building the brands without having... Uh, not all of them, of course, but I mean some of the marketeers. It's nature. They, they, they fall in love with their brands and they fall in love with their investment and how they can shift the consumer. So back to my question. Hmm. Do you think inescapable brands requires unlimited fund to be inescapable? No. I think to become an, an inescapable brand, there has to be a true, real insight. Let me ask you a question. Hmm. I'll just make something up now. Okay. Um, there's three guys, three guys. First guy, he's used to uh, watching TV before he falls asleep. He can't fall asleep unless he's watching TV. And then he got married and his wife doesn't like watching TV. Okay. So it's very disturbing for her. But this guy, he cannot fall asleep unless he's watching a screen. Okay. Guy number two, this guy gets into bed, kisses his wife good, good night. Then he starts tipping and turning tipping and turning, so disturbing, the bed becomes so noisy, and his wife again cannot sleep. Hmm. Guy number three. Hmm. This guy, when he sleeps, he snores, the neighbors wake. <laughs> now, what's common between these three guys? The wife cannot sleep. The wife cannot sleep. That's okay. one commonality. What's the other commonality? All of these three guys and these three stories are true, real stories. Their human behaviors, their true insights. Now, there are companies out there who've probably have looked at this and said, you know what? I can come up with a solution for this guy. Mm. Instead of having a big screen where the whole room becomes light, they can give him a small screen where he can sit in bed and watch whatever he wants. I mean, that's his habit. We're not judging his habit, good or bad. Mm. There's another company or a brand mattress that said, you know what? Let me invent a mattress where people move on one side it doesn't really bother the guy who's on the other side. True. Yeah. And the third, there are many, many brands today that serve people who have sleep apnea and issues and snoring and this and that. So there's always room to make financial success if you go to the root, if there's a true consumer insight. If I walked into that mattress shop and somebody was trying to sell me and said, this is the best mattress around, and I look at it and say, you know what, why? So that company might need to spend a bit more on promotion, on advertising, maybe do a discount, maybe have more salespeople to kind of do a bigger kind of show to push that mattress because there's no true proposition and true story. It all starts from a real insight. Mm. And that's how probably you can achieve everything after that. Okay. Uh, if I go back to the consumer behaviors and consumer insights, yeah. The debate in the in the boardroom between marketeers standing representing the consumer as a consumer insights. 
and then the limitation of the financials when it comes to the budget and limitation when it comes to from sales when it comes to ability to sell in the market mm. limitation from supply chain to be able to fulfill the consumer dream representing the marketeer there uh-huh. do you think the question is do you think some marketeer fall in love with their data as a consumer consumer behaviors and consumer insights yeah. to the level that they don't see the bigger picture when it comes to the objective of the company at the end? Yeah. I think marketeers and business people generally, not just marketeers, they can fall in love with their company, fall in love with their brand, with their business, with their mission statements. If you fall in love with people, with their behavior, mm-hmm. and you get something that is true, most likely you'll succeed. Because if you create something that is based on a true insight, you have a product or a solution that addresses that, you price it right, you make it available, present it in a certain way, promote it with a certain level, probably it will sell and people will come and try it. But if that starting point is not there, then what will happen? You'll end up in a situation where, you know what, let me spend a bit more promotion money on that. Hmm. And with more promotion money, then you're not making enough money. And then people start screaming. Then you say, you know what? Let me rate increase the price. Mm. Because then with that price, I can create more funds to promote the brand. Mm. Or you'll say, let me cut the costs and kind of cut corners from the brand. Maybe take something away. But then the consumer becomes not happy in the end. And then you put more promotion money. And that cycle continues to go. It all goes back to the starting point. If we're in love with our consumers, if we're really trying to solve and come up with a solution that helps something that is real, most likely, most likely, it works. The challenge is getting to that without having something that masks our judgment, without our point of view coming in the way of the point of view of the people that we serve. Okay. I think we're getting at the core of the discussion because you explained now the cycle of the financial constraints and managing the P&L from different angles to have a successful brand or unskippable brand at the end of the day. Mm. If you ask a questionnaire, a numerous questionnaire to all the marketeer, if you have unlimited budget to grow and achieve the title of unskippable brand in the market, they will ask for so much fund to the level that they have achieved their dreams, but then they crash with the reality of what exactly they will be able to fund in that sense. Ah. And again, once they reach that destination, they claim that we're not able to achieve our inescapable brands because of the limitation that we have, yeah. as, as you can see. So the question is, how to get out of this circle? As you just mentioned now, one is having the right financial foundation to serve the brand, not to be against the brand, to fuel the brand, not to drain the brand in the market without increasing the price or cutting the costs. Yeah. I think when, when people get into marketing at, at a young age, they're always fascinated by the, the, the part of marketing that is about communication, about engaging with consumers, about producing material and content. And that's the fun part. That that's what they think is the fun part. And, mm. and with that, if you spend a lot of focus on that and you're trying to perfect that, you're probably not starting from the right space. Hmm. I will maybe sound a bit boring, but coming back, if these marketeers fall in love 
with the people that they serve and have a true insight, then this becomes a complementary. It helps. And then you won't have this struggle and tension about, oh, I'm spending a lot of money on something, but it's not selling or it's not working and I need to pour a lot more money on it. And then, oh, no, but let me address something else. Let me find a solution here or there. Okay. Yeah? Okay. And there are many examples of that, of brands that have done that well. I mean, a brand that I'm, I'm very familiar with, mm. I, a brand that I love and I can probably talk about a bit, Dove, which is a Unilever brand. Mm. It's a very simple consumer insight that Dove was based on initially. Mm. Uh, people use soap to cleanse and most soaps would dry your skin. So Dove came and said, okay, that's an insight. I mean, it cleanses, it does a job, but it also dries your skin. Mm. In comes Dove saying, I'll give you a quarter moisturizing cream with my cleansing bar. Mm. And with that, I moisturize and I cleanse. It offered the solution. And with that solution, Dove actually went and priced it at a premium. The Dove bar, and probably until now, is sold at a premium versus some of the other cleansing bars that are in the market. Mm. But consumers love it, and they still buy it until today. And then what did the Dove people do? They went and they said, you know what? We've got this moisturization proposition. Let's, let's study and let's learn more about consumer. Mm. So they studied the armpit. And they said, oh, the armpit. People deodorize. But with deodorant, sometimes it irritates the skin. In comes Dove with the moisturization credentials. Mm. It moisturizes and it deodorizes. When Dove got into hair, they looked at hair and they said, hair loses a lot of moisture because of weather, this and that. And from that, they came up with Dove moisturizes your hair and brings back moisture to your scalp. And it all worked. And they did that in a way that was very authentic. They built this mammoth of a master brand, financially extremely rewarding for the company. It's, it's actually the biggest brand that Unilever owns today, mm. Dove. So if you have and if you build brands from a starting point that is real, that is authentic, then it really resonates with consumers. Okay. Yeah. There, there is a, um, an understanding that inescapable brands has to be expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, do you believe that uh, remarkable or inescapable brands has to be priced as a premium tag? Yeah. Value is a, is a measure that people uh, determine. What are we willing to pay for a certain product or a service? I see this mug and I say, how much am I going to pay for this? Okay, it has a certain value. I can hold it comfortably. It keeps my coffee warm. Looks nice. I like the colors. This is the amount of money that I think will give me great value. There's a value equation and everybody has that value in their head. And then there's the comparability of this and some of the other mugs that are on the shelf that other people will go and see. So... It is all about that. It's all about how much value do you create. And pricing is a huge factor because some people, they overestimate, again, by falling in love with their solution, falling in love with their brand, and they might overestimate. Or sometimes they underpitch and undervalue their. So pricing is a very delicate manner, but it all comes to how much value do you generate for the people that you serve. Okay. Now, so marketing campaigns. Hmm. 
you're the expert. You're gonna <laughs> teach us on the campaigns. There's different kind of campaigns I for still, the marketing. I still learn until today. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have any advice where you have a well-rounded campaign that can make the brand? We're not deviating from the essence that you said. Inescapable brands. It has to resonate with the consumer. It has to serve mm. the need with the consumer. It has to be very well priced as a value equation, and the marketeer need to fall in love with the consumer, yeah. not with the brand line. Mm-hmm. Any advice to the marketeer around the world when it comes how to create a well successful brand that can lead to an escapable brand with a financial sense? Yeah, I think brands, uh, especially today, they they need to have a point of view. Um, uh, brands have. Have stories. Marketeers are storytellers, and, and brands have their proposition. This is what they stand for. Um, and the brands that are more successful than others, they manage to uh, to stand for something. And that thing, when it resonates, it creates a community of people, people who love that brand. And with that, by association, they want to continue to be part of that brand and have that brand part of their lives. Since we used Dove as an example, I think that's a brand that has done well with this. Um, many, many years ago, somebody very clever came and said, you know what, let's challenge the, the, um, the norms of the beauty industry. Why do people who appear in advertising have to look in a certain way? Um, Dove said, this is a real brand. It's very authentic. Everything about it is authentic. You look at the packaging, you look at the product, you look at the message. So it was about saying that everybody is beautiful. I mean, somebody like me can, can appear in the Dove ads <laughs> because that's how Dove came in. Initially, it made a lot of people uncomfortable because it was challenging the norms of the beauty industry. You wouldn't have a shampoo or a, or a, or a personal care brand that would come out and, and do that. I think Dove did that very well. And that point of view stayed with the brand for all of these years. So with... Every marketing campaign that would come out and, and talk about real beauty, talk about all these inclusion messages that Dove has, I think it sticks, it stays, because it's authentic and it's consistent. If brands come out and every week they want to have a point of view about something, then they become a bit unbelievable. We'll say, okay, why are you talking about this now? It has to be something that you can truly talk about, truly own, and then it sticks. And if it's like that, then you don't have to spend huge amounts of money because if you're gonna change your message every other week, then probably you're gonna need more and more budgets. And then financially it doesn't work and that's more promotion budgets. And if it's more promotion budget, then I need to make that money somewhere because I have to protect my margin. Then it's maybe cutting a bit of cost. Okay, let me make it smaller, the offering that I have. Or maybe it's about uh, increasing the price and then I'm making the consumer happy because they say, no, I'm not gonna pay this price. And that vicious circle goes over and over again. Uh, do you believe in luck in any campaign that can make the campaign with minimum money go every go of, vi- gone viral yeah, as yeah, luck? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. I mean, some ideas cost nothing. Mm. Um, there are many, many marketing campaigns that are out there, and they actually literally cost nothing or cost very minimal, mm. uh, but they've achieved massive success. Mm. And, and do you think marketeer or young marketeer joining the industry, they should look for such uh, 
optimal idea maybe I'm speaking from a finance person yeah, cost yeah. less gone viral if I was to ask a marketer I probably would not give them that brief <laughs> I'll say go and fall in love with your consumer that's the yeah. starting point yeah, you're right. yeah. I agree I agree now so you said inescapable brands last for a longer period of time mm. you see the shift on the market and the technology and the consumer between generations yeah so the market becoming very vocal and rabbit in terms of changing every day how brand can be achieving the title inescapable and at the same time remain unescapable yeah yeah it's um, it's very interesting it changes changes lovely changes good because if things were constant then probably life would be a bit boring um, it makes us uncomfortable which is okay but if you embrace change and you stay true to your values then i think you can withstand and succeed and the true values of marketeers will not change even in these times marketeers with all this distraction and noise living in these times where everybody's got a point of view everybody's got a platform i've got a platform today i mean i'm all of a sudden an expert sitting here and giving wisdom to people because you've given me this platform so everybody's got a platform a point of view marketeers have to be careful that don't let your point of view override listening to the people you serve that remains the cornerstone of success uh, the, the, there's a, i i saw martin scorsese the famous director uh, he was asked once he said they say you work with robert de niro a lot and robert de niro is one of the best actors of all time what is it about robert de niro that you love so much and martin scorsese said robert de niro never passes judgment on the character that he plays when he reads the character mm. he could be reading about a psychopath or a rapist or a murderer and he would not pass judgment because if he's going to play that character he has to embrace that character whatever that character is and marketers have to be the same they can't judge the people that they serve if somebody looked at that that guy we spoke about early on who watches TV before he sleeps and said, I mean, what an idiot. Why is he watching TV before he sleeps? That's such a bad habit. You're passing judgment and maybe you're going to pass on a big opportunity. Mm. Yeah. So those core values, I think, even in these times of change, these times of distraction, these times of everybody has a voice, you still have to be true to the values. Okay. Okay. That's, that's very inspiring because with different generation, the criticism goes from one generation to the others yeah. in terms of the, the new world that we're facing now. But if the marketeer, regardless of his or her age, which generation she or he belongs to, yeah. they will never, ever judge the consumer at this point. Yeah. They need to see the I think so. value. I that. think so. Yeah. And that's another point that marketeer can be the best actor, given what you're saying, because <laughs> they can just fit into the curve. Yeah, you never know. I cannot skip this section without asking a question. Mm. Uh, I'm sure you're following the involvement of the AI and having the AI in terms of wisdom, data, and machine learning as you speak now, which yeah. impacting everyone, yeah. starting with finance, as you know. Yeah. Now let me ask you a question. Do you think sooner or later AI will be the creative agency and replace marketeer in some of the industry? Yeah, that's a question that, that everybody in every industry asks today. I think my opinion is let change take its time and let's see how we can 
live and embrace and find a role within that changing environment? How can we evolve? How can we find our niches? How can we grow? How can we learn something new? I mean, over history and over time, there's always been disruption that came and probably canceled certain jobs or certain products that we were used to growing up. I mean, I tell my kids there about products and they say, what is that? It wasn't even there. They can't even comprehend why we were using it. But I think if you embrace change, if you learn and continue to grow, I think we can withstand whatever happens in, in, this, uh, in this time. So let's look at it from the lens of possibility. Okay. So we're back to the purpose, as you can yes. see at the end of the discussion. Yes. So, Agil, you're known for, I think this is driven by your purpose. You're known for unleashing the capability of everyone who works with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've seen talent getting out of your leadership, fully empowered, fully passionate, doing the job with full love and that. And it's not only limited to the local resource, everywhere expats as well and i think this is driven by your purpose that you create the theater for the people where they can show their capability now i cannot skip the involvement situation in the gcc region as you can see mm. mashallah alhamdulillah flowering and evolving in terms of the region globally everywhere yeah. how do you see the human capital in the gcc especially the local ones yeah. coping with the change and taking the region to the next level oh, it's beautiful these are the times um I was I was at MISC, I think it was a year ago. I was invited, I spoke there, and but I spent the two days, I, I did an hour thing, and then I spent the two days, I was just roaming around, looking at the different halls and interacting with, with people, mainly from the younger generation. I can tell you, Rida, the, the, um, this generation is so um, open to embrace the here and now. They don't live in the victim's mindset that probably my generation and older generation had. Um, My generation probably has a bit of cynicism. I don't see that in this younger generation, which is beautiful, because cynicism and and the victim mindset probably holds you back sometimes, makes you look at life from that lens of limitation versus the lens of possibility. That's what I love about this younger generation today. Uh, They can be a bit restless in terms of how they look at things, But overall, I think they have a lot to give. And what a better time to be than this time that we live in today. With all the progress that is happening in Saudi Arabia, with all the growth that is in different sectors. You look at the UAE as well. You look at the whole GCC. The whole region is is just, it is the place to be. You say to people, if anybody is watching us from around the world, please come and visit. Come and visit. This is the place to come and see. Just come and see for yourselves. Okay. Uh, if you're going to give advice to this generation, uh, it, it's not like a traditional question, Agil, like, because, you know, there is another aspect that even the, the, the new generation knows better than the old generation when it comes how to run the world as we speak uh, now, because the world is evolving. Yeah. But we need the wisdom of the, if, you, if you're going to go back and speak with the younger version of Agil, yeah. I may say. Uh, yeah. Giving, speaking about the human capital, what advice are you going to give you to yourself? I think the best thing I can say to this generation, it's something that I've, I've also tried to live with throughout my life, don't fit in. Oh, don't fit in. Don't fit in. Um, there will be many environments 
that you will be in and you will feel the pressure that you will have to fit in. If you fit in, you deprive the world from the best thing that you have and that's yourself. Being your authentic self, liberating yourself, having your point of view, unleashing your thoughts, your creativity, your work ethic, all that comes from being yourself. If you fit in, you just take all of that away. So that's the best thing I can tell anybody around me. Aguil, I've enjoyed this discussion a lot. It's regardless the subject of inescapable brands and financials, the common thing between the three men, the common thing between all the discussion, along all the discussion, is the people. We started with the people, we spoke about the consumer love, and we ended with the younger generation as a people as well. Uh-huh. And that's the true essence of your trends in terms of purpose and in terms of doing this on a daily basis. Thank you so much for, uh, for thank, this discussion. Thank, thank I really you, enjoyed the discussion. Thank you, Rada. Everybody. We talk about people, everybody's got a circle of influence. Everybody, we wake up every day. Everybody can come out and either consume life or can go out and create life. So let's all go out and create more life. Let's create more life. Thank you so much, Hagi. Thank you, Hagi. Thank, Thank you. you.